can I'm asking lawyer Ryan Russman So the sh don't hit the fan Legal Tuesday has commenced, everybody. You can uh, be a part of it by emailing us, Greg, at MorningBuzz.com, Laura, or Roadkill uh, at MorningBuzz.com. Free legal advice. A very short one to start us off. Let's do it. Okay. Does applied consent apply to an out-of-state license? Yes. So if you, the implied, let's just talk about what that is. So when you get your license, uh, you sign a document which says that you agree that if a policeman has a reasonable basis to believe that you're impaired, you're willing to submit to a blood, breath, urine, or physical test. And if you are asked by an officer who has such a belief to submit to a blood or breath or physical testing or urine testing, as it says at the top of what's called the DSMV-426 form, and you refuse and you're an out-of-state licensed driver, that implied consent does apply to you and New Hampshire will take action against your license. The interesting question is, under the interstate compact, what does the out-of-state jurisdiction do with that suspension? And it does vary from state to state. And you perhaps heard over the, over the news this summer, there was a man who came up to New Hampshire who had been suspended in an out-of-state jurisdiction, and that out-of-state jurisdiction hadn't taken action against the license for, from other actions from other states. And it's become a real problem and a real focus here in New England in particular because of those motorcyclists that were killed here. So I would tell you that you would have to check with a local jurisdiction from the state that you live in as to how they would Respond, but typically New Hampshire will notify that out-of-state license uh, organization, DMV, RMV, and they would take reciprocal action against your license. Mm. So that's how it works. Okay. Uh, here's a gentleman who was arrested a couple of weeks ago on a DUI. And the court tells him that his offense does not qualify him for a court-appointed lawyer. My Miranda rights say, if you cannot afford one, one will be appointed to you, don't they? I can't afford a lawyer, but I think I have a good case. Any help would be great. So here's how it works. In New Hampshire, misdemeanors are divided into two categories, A and B misdemeanors. A B misdemeanor does not carry the penalty of going to jail. And under our Gideon versus Rainwright, which is one of the seminal cases that talks about appointment of counsel, that applies to circumstances where you're facing the possibility of being incarcerated. And where a DUI in a first offense is not typically charged as a A misdemeanor, it's a B misdemeanor without any aggravating penalties, you're not entitled to court-appointed counsel. Miranda is a separate issue. That talks about circumstances for which you are being questioned, and it is a far more expansive view in different circumstances. So you're kind of conflating two different issues, mm -hmm. and you're not necessarily entitled to court-appointed counsel in the first instance. What I can tell you is that there are lawyers out there that have a range of fees. Consulting with any one of us would have give you at least an opportunity to know what the landscape looks like, what your potential options are in terms of addressing these issues. They might give, be willing to give you a, a little bit of advice in terms of how to approach this situation, but having a conversation with a lawyer will definitely help you. There you go. What are my legal options if the other party in a non-disclosure has refused to make payment within the means laid out in the settlement, and their lawyer has not answered any of my attorney's emails uh, within the last month? Well, it sounds like both parties are represented in that circumstance, and what you would have to do is have a conversation with your counsel about what your next steps are as it would be described within the document. Very often, those documents have a, a uh, description of how uh, impasses like these are to be addressed or handled. Sometimes they don't. If there's no language in terms of whether it's arbitration, mediation, or litigation, those kind of lay out the, the pathways that your counsel would have to take on that. If they're being non-responsive, there are circumstances which courts and, and, and judges 
judges would make those decisions and help you move that process along. But it's good to hear that you have counsel and having a conversation with them about laying out a strategy or, or framework for you to follow to get the results you're looking for is the best route at this point. Hmm. Laura J. Boyce. What might the penalty or fine be for mistakenly serving a minor alcohol after the ID was misread in low lighting? Someone says must be, uh, must appear in court. Unfortunately, I'm not specifically familiar with the fine schedule is on that. There is, in fact, a way of looking that up uh, through uh, the statutes. If they want to contact me off uh, off the air, I'm happy to look that up and tell you what there is in terms of fine ranges on those types of offenses, and I could get you that answer. But very often there's a prescribed fine for uh, serving underage or accepting false IDs like that. I will tell you that the New Hampshire Liquor Commission very often conducts stings around the uh, the state where they send in individuals with marked money. They do look younger. There's some Sometimes something improper about the ID. You mean marked IDs, or you said marked money? Uh, marked money, actually, because really? they want to be able to track the the exchange that ah, the, that the clerk yeah. had actually accepted the the uh, money from the individual. Mm-hmm. So what happens in those situations is they're really testing store clerks and managers to make sure that there's the proper identification made at all these transactions. And I'll tell you, they go everywhere. This is not a circumstance where you're just going to find them in larger areas. I've had cases out in the absolute boondocks uh, where it's really rural communities small mom and pop shops, they go there, they check, they check everywhere. And if you're not vigilant about this as a store owner, making sure your staff is aware of what they look like, yeah. you can really be in trouble. I always thought that uh, some of the liquor laws that existed in you know New Hampshire, so many so many friends, even though it would travel to Vermont because early, early on, because the laws are so arcane in New Hampshire, one of them was the, the, the stage law, where you could not drink alcohol if you were on stage. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. Yep. Like the yep. bands could not drink. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's people three feet from the band that are drinking. Why why can't they have a beer on stage? Because they were working. It didn't (laughs) make sense. And uh, there was one time when we were doing uh, we were doing a, an event and we were joking around. I think it was a St. Patrick's Day thing, and they came to check on us. Really? Uh, to because we were supposedly on the stage. entertainment, and we were on a stage. And, we, and I'm like, that is the most ridiculous thing to try to track down. You want to track down underage? That's fine. But there was I don't even think that law exists anymore. I think my uh, a buddy of mine named Brandon helped uh, eliminate. Yeah, that. Well, so you can thank drink you. on stage. Thank you. Wow. Well, that I, was, you know, uh, I was unaware to be frank with you i was unaware you know i'm not a big concert goer so it's not uh, not something i I, I would be intimately familiar with but i I can see why there might have been a public policy behind that but i guess it's changed apparently i'm not sure i was stopped recently for apparently doing a rolling stop on a military base the officer came back and said i must have caught him on a good day because he thought uh, because though i had a history of different motor vehicles in the past i was getting a warning my question is can an officer ethically and law or lawfully insinuate use of past offenses in making their decision on whether they actually give you a ticket or not. It happens all the time. When they pull you over, they have the opportunity to run your plate through what's called a spots check. They're able to look and see what your motor vehicle history looks like. And I will tell you, because I've read police reports, that in that encounter, they're aware of whether or not there was a prior DUI arrest, whether or not there were speeding infractions, whether or not there was no history. They're looking for warrants, all those things. And there's a lot of discretion that officers have from moment to moment, whether it's circumstantial based on the observations that they made or the information that they learned from their uh, from dispatch, they're able to make those decisions roadside. And that's why officers, they have an enormous amount of discretion, which is why as citizens, it's important to be polite, courteous, and respectful because you don't want to escalate a situation. You want to try and work through that. Everyone's got their job to do. And that's why you need to be aware that they have that information when they go into a stop like that. I got a parking ticket. 
over Christmas vacation. I don't deny that by the wording of the sign, I was clearly in the wrong. But right the wording on the I'm sign like you. Say, no parking. I can read the English, <laughs> right. but I believe I'm in the right with the spirit of the law. The parking ban is clearly there to stop student parking near the high school as it is only enforced between 7 and 3 on weekdays from September to June. Is there any chance the judge will listen to that reasoning? Uh, courts will always listen to the reasoning. The problem is, will they follow or adopt your point of view? And if there's a plain understanding of the sign, they're going to follow that. Because if you open the door to the spirit or sometimes the <laughs> subjective interpretation of what is really written on the but sign... it does make sense during Christmas... I. I know exactly because I see. I'm not these saying things. that yeah. they wouldn't necessarily entertain it. They might offer you some sort of relief. They have, yeah. again, just like policemen, judges have lots of discretions in terms of addressing these circumstances. It's certainly worth having a conversation with the court. And, and if you want to spend the time, it's all about your time and money and resources in terms of how you want to invest that way. Yeah, um, it, it's funny because did you know? And maybe uh, I don't. I just found this out recently. You know how you have an Easy Pass for your car? Correct. Mm-hmm. Do you know that you can get one for parking? There's there's something similar to parking. Really? That I you know can, there's a ParkWiz app. That's the ParkWiz app in and, Boston. And, no, but this is something that you put on your dash, and mm-hmm. it indicates that you've paid for the fine. You paid the, the toll ahead of time at a parking meter in in certain cities. I know Manchester. Uh, if you buy one, Manchester, uh, Portsmouth, Dover. It works for all of them. Wow. It's like I was a, unaware. It, yeah, it's this new thing. I just heard about it, and I'm going out to get one. All right, because I mean, that no way, more parking tickets for you. No, you don't have to worry about you know you don't have to worry about hitting the meter. You just put this up on the dash, and it, it the people know. Okay, that's fascinating. It's paid for because you're kind of putting money in ahead of time that will pay your parking fees. But how does that prevent people from because like when it's like 15 minute parking and then you're supposed to move your vehicle? Well, a time limit is different. But if you're going in and you're parking and there's a meter. But what if it's like, yeah, if it's two hours and then you're just re-upping it every two hours, wouldn't that defeat the purpose of I mean, again, with all these new pieces of technology, there's going know. to be bugs that are going to be ha- yeah. that are going to have to be worked out. And, and the real question becomes: as we intersect more of these pieces of technology with the law, how are they going to be interpreted? Is it the individual? Yeah. Is it the technology? And so that's something that we're, as courts and individuals and citizens, we're going to have to grapple right. with. I just think it's great. Put it in your car; and don't have to worry about that. No, Come it's in. fantastic.